Howdy. This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Friday, yes, Friday, November 24th, 2023, I wish you a happy, happy, happy National Day of Listening. A nice thing to do, be quick to listen, of course, but feels so fitting for a podcast as well. So we had to take it. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. And if you're here, if you're listening and you haven't subscribed yet, it is still technically the Thanksgiving season, and there's nothing that I would want to do more than give you thanks for subscribing to the Views from the Shop podcast wherever you listen to your podcast because we do not discriminate between the different platforms that are out there. By the way, would you mind just just like the tweet that included this episode if this is how you found it. If not, go find the tweet, like it, let me know you're here. I love seeing you. And of course, every single time we get a like, another like here, another like there, there's a better chance that we'll get more followers, more friends, but most importantly, it's going to get this podcast out to more and more people so that we can continue to provide you better and better coverage of your Ohio State University Buckeyes men's basketball program. I can see it now, can't you? Sunday morning or Monday morning, I don't even know, to be honest. I I don't know when the AP poll is released on a weekly basis and I'm going to tell you why I don't know and why don't I don't care right now. Because I can see it. Alabama ranked number 17 as of this evening. They dropped to like number 23 in the next AP poll. Seems like a quality loss for Alabama, right? If you're going to drop only a few spots in the AP poll with several games to work with within a week on Feast Week when there's a bunch of big games already. There's plenty of teams that could jump into the top 25 based on merit alone. Well, no. Alabama will stay in the top 25. They won't go to unranked because that's essentially signaling, hey, that's fine. It's a quality loss for Alabama. And yet at the same time, Ohio State will still be unranked. So which is it, AP poll? I ask you as an inanimate object with several casual voters out there somehow being tasked to vote for the top 25 teams when you know they're just looking at scores and records from the past week and then throwing something out there. What is it? Ohio State is good. Alabama gets to stay in the top 25, but Ohio State isn't ranked. Bama's good. They stay ranked even with a loss. This is why we do not care about the AP poll. And the reason I bring this up is to say Ohio State just beat Alabama on Friday night. And this win was not against a ho-hum number 17 team in the nation. This was against a legitimate Final Four contender. This was against a legitimate SEC title contender. This was against one of the big dogs in all of college basketball. So as you look at the score, as you look at what goes on this weekend, just remember, 
Ohio State's win over Alabama is a very big deal for Chris Holtman and for this team, and it's a lot bigger of a deal than what the AP poll will lead you to believe, because somehow Alabama is ranked number 17 in the nation. Also, we're going to get into this episode, of course, we're going we're gonna to recap all of Ohio State's win against Alabama, give some thoughts and, and all that stuff, but before we get there... Were you or a loved one hurt by a hapless decision of a TV provider to leave Utah State and New Mexico on their main feed instead of showing a huge college basketball matchup between two teams with the biggest fan bases in the world? Did that happen to you? Whoops hasn't had it happen to them before. Certainly, I am in the... Either the former or the latter, but it is late and I'm not going to figure out which. Don't worry. We're going to cover Ohio State against Alabama in its entirety. We're going to review the game. Some very important stats as well before we even get into the reviewing the game. We'll talk about what this win means for Ohio State. Then we'll get into some observations. We'll recap the keys to the game that I gave in the preview. See how Ohio State fared. And then just some more general observations I've got some really unique thoughts on this game. It's a big win for Ohio State. There's a lot of energy around this basketball program with this win. The Buckeyes are getting national attention. We're going to take advantage. We're going to enjoy the win. And the Buckeyes will be playing in less than 24 hours. Maybe by the time you're hearing this, in less than 12 hours. I don't know when you'll listen. But we don't stop here at the Views from the Shop podcast. And for that, we're thankful. So let's move on with Ohio State knocking off Alabama, a ranked win for the Buckeyes and a crushing win for Ohio State. They cruised to a win in this one. Up at halftime, never losing the lead in the second half. They win this game 92-81 to over the Alabama Crimson Tide. And the Buckeyes, they were going to need everything, and I mean everything, to break their way into winning this game. By the way, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Enjoyed the food. Enjoyed the the friends and the fellowship and the football and the feasting and all the other... uh, Should I finish that sentence? All the other F words? Um, Moving along. Hope you enjoyed that. I don't know how I missed that at the beginning of the show. But... On to Ohio State basketball. Uh, The Buckeyes needed everything to break their way to win this game, and it did. As I watched Alabama in their previous games this season, it was evident that this was an incredible offensive team and a very good defensive team. Here's what we saw in this game. Ohio State led by 15 at most and never trailed in the second half. They shot 54% from the field. They shot 56% from deep. They made 28 of 30 free throws 28 of 30 free throws poured in by ohio state that is as elite as it gets do you remember when they played texas a&m they went 10 of 17 that game you see how big of a deal free throws are they shoot 93 percent in this one and it was huge for the buckeyes they're plus eight on the glass and when you have all those numbers going in your favor It is hard to lose a game. And the Buckeyes able to close this one out. So, speaking of it being hard to lose a game, let's talk about the game itself. We know many, many people were frustrated with CBS Sports Network. 
Also, how is Ohio State and Alabama playing on CBS Sports Network? I've got people tweeting at me, DMing me before the game. People are tweeting it out into the great unknown on Twitter. Sorry, on X sending posts. Are they even still called tweets? People are saying, hey, how do I even watch this game? And I'm CBS Sports Network. Can I get a free trial? This isn't Peacock, fellas. If you have normal cable, you should have that channel, I would think. Um, How do we even get there? If you missed the first half, that's how we got there. Because CBS Sports Network said, here, let's force feed you. you you've, had your, you've had your turkey, your stuffing. You've had your, your cranberry sauce, if you're into that, which I am 100% in. I'm pro cranberry sauce on Thanksgiving. You've had maybe your hams. You've had your rolls and your croissants. You moved on to your pumpkin pie and sweet potato pie and pumpkin roll and whatever else is in there. Well, here, you're not done. I know you're full. I know you want to take a nap. I know your stomach is large as it's ever been. But no, no Ohio State and Alabama fan bases, some of the largest in all of sports, you must watch Utah State and New Mexico. So you're going to miss part of the first half. Beyond me to understand that. What are those teams that had four wins? What are we doing? What is that? Okay, on to the game. So Ohio State starts this game horrendously. As bad as you can begin a game against a ranked team that's already elite offensively. They have three straight turnovers to start the game, and they trail six to nothing. And at this point, I'm frustrated. Not just because I'm watching some stupid football game on my TV, and I've got to watch the Ohio State game on my phone, and I can't cast it up to my TV because I've got a Samsung TV or whatever the heck it is, and I've got an iPhone because those are superior. Or so I'm told. I'm watching this on my phone. I'm pissed about that. And and it's a horrible start to the game. And you're like, oh boy. This was going to be the toughest game of Ohio State's non-conference stretch. And that is a horrible way to start. This is not going to end well for the Buckeyes. Well, not so fast, my friends. Buckeyes jump out to an 11-8 lead. Six minutes into the game. And then the Buckeyes show some serious life moving forward. And just that simple run alone. The fact that they are able... To be down 6 nothing, have a bunch of turnovers. Jamison Battle is dribbling the ball off his shin like a junior high mm, mm, junior high boy or girl, girl basketball player. And no offense to Jamison, it just was, it was a poor turnover. And you're like, what the heck's going on here? Not looking good. I've seen previous Chris Holtman teams just be dead. And not be able to get back into a game. As, as recent as last year. Where the Buckeyes get down early and they're, they're, there's no life. There's no life in the team. There's no shot they're coming back. That didn't happen tonight. Buckeyes show that life. Bruce Thornton continues to own the free throw line with floaters and pull up jumpers. And the Buckeyes are out to a little bit of a lead. Then, I don't think Ohio State was leading at this point, but it was close. They got down 19-13 to and they claw their way back into this game. Zed Key gets into a minor scuffle where an Alabama player, I don't remember who it was, kind of gives Key a little bit of an extra shoulder push as both teams head back to their respective benches for a timeout. Small scuffle. 100% 100% on Alabama. I'm, I'm, I try not to be biased at all toward Ohio State, but that was just stupid. That's asking for a fight. Zed Key didn't back down. Respect that. Nice job, Zed Key. 
Give us life. I've been asking for this. I've been asking for someone to slap the floor. I've been asking for someone to shove another player after they make a big play in a, in a good way. You know, Roddy Gale slams it. Zed Key comes up, pushes him in the chest. I don't care. Whatever. I've been asking for some muscles to be flexed and for this team to show some life, and they did in this one. And that was just part of it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, we just got another whistle for a foul. We're going to have to stop the pod for about three minutes, and then we'll continue. Big yikes by the officials tonight. I mean, if you want all the attention, just ask for it. You don't. It, it, it's a cry for help at this point. You know how many personal fouls we saw in this game? 50. 50 fouls on the dot in this one. Look, fellas, again... You don't need to have a whistle in your mouth in order to get the attention. What do we say at the start of the show? It's National Day of Listening. Fellas, if you want the attention, just say so. You don't have to go all out like that. That's like a that's like a, a kid rebelling in school because they feel they're not getting the attention at home because their older or brother, older older or younger sibling is has won the spelling bee or something. So they're going to push over a chair and, and and have a tantrum at school because they want the attention. That's an analogy for you. Um, so the fouls were horrible. We'll continue. So we sprint up and down the floor in the first half. Ohio State has a 38-33 lead at halftime. They close the half on an 11-6 run. And you're going in the halftime feeling pretty good if you're Ohio State. Jameson Battle would miss a three to close the half, that was open. You could have extended that lead even more, but being up by five, putting up 38 points at halftime against Alabama, you're feeling good. And then you head into the second half, the fouls, oh my goodness, were were rampant. Then it was a, a grueling second half to watch, but we got through it, didn't we? Buckeyes stretched their lead to 10, eight minutes into the second half, and then we finally get what we wanted from a Chris Holtman coached team. The Buckeyes maintain a double digit lead. Or at least an 8 point lead. For 99% of the final seconds. Of, of the second half. Final seconds or total seconds. Whatever you prefer there. Bruce Thornton carries the team. He hits a couple triples in a row. Puts the Buckeyes up by 13 with 8 minutes left. And here is where we, we saw it last year. Games against Maryland is one that, that sticks out specifically. Rutgers is another one where the Buckeyes are close or are in it. They're, they've got a lead, but they're unable to close it out. But they do it tonight. Not only does our plus money banger bet hit, giving us yet another profitable night, but we hear OHIO chants. Raining down from an arena that only holds 3,000 and probably had like 900 there. Or so it looked. Probably more than that. But the Buckeyes close this game out and win it. Final score again, 92-81. to Beating Alabama by 11 and covering. The Buckeyes were underdogs. Opened as about 8-point underdogs. It went down to 6.5 points. At one point that I saw, I wasn't touching that. I wasn't touching it. A lot of times, you'll you'll be tempted to bet based on your gut. We don't do that here at the Views from the Shop podcast. We do it with stats and analytics. My gut told me 
man, Alabama can cover a five and a half point spread. Uh-uh. Don't follow your gut. Don't do it. So what does this mean for Ohio State? Well, first of all, and if I haven't been cleared about this, just go ahead and screw off number 17, Alabama. That number next to Alabama means nothing. This is easily a top 10 team in college basketball. They are number five in Ken Palm entering today's game. They scored 102 points or more in three of four games this season. And in the one game they didn't score 102 points, they scored 98. I don't care if it's against mid-majors. You do that consistently, I'm impressed. And you should be too. Don't even think about discounting the fact that that's against mid-majors. Ohio State couldn't do it against mid-majors. How many teams in college basketball are doing this against mid-majors? Scoring 100 points or more in three games. Answer, zero. They're top 25 in offensive and defensive adjusted efficiency. We know what that means for long-term success into the NCAA tournament. And oh, um, Alabama earned the number one overall seed last year. They know how to win. So I don't care what the number says next to Alabama. This is a premier marquee win for Ohio State. And when Selection Sunday comes in March, that could push Ohio State, I don't know, an extra seed line or into the NCAA tournament. You never know. But this is a huge win for Ohio State. This is a much better team than number 17. And you're going to see the people on the message boards and on Twitter saying, oh, Ohio State beat a team that was ranked number 17. And they're not going to think it's that big of a deal. This is the equivalent to Ohio State beating, I don't want to say Penn State in football because personally, I really don't think Penn State was that good this year. Boy, did I did I crush my prediction on that game. But I don't have an Ohio State football podcast. We have enough of those. Ohio State basketball podcast is where we are. So we'll stick to that. But it's the equivalent of Ohio State beating, I don't know, Alabama in football, for example, this season. Or Ohio State beating Washington or Oregon, something like that. That's what it is equivalent to. So not only that, but the Buckeyes are now getting national attention. Multiple national voices tweeted about the Buckeyes win, what it means for not just Ohio State, but also for the Big Ten, and the respect that people have for Alabama's program. This is undoubtedly one of the best, if not the best, wins under Chris Holtman. And it may be just the fact that it happened, I don't know, two hours ago, but this is big for Ohio State. And after a loss to Texas A&M, where the Buckeyes were on their home court and couldn't get the job done, where they were close and led for a lot of that game, for 35 minutes, they were playing their game. Now... The Buckeyes can look to the future with confidence, saying, we've got a huge marquee win under our belt. This is going to be the best team Ohio State plays until January when they take on Purdue, or February, whenever that may be. Undoubtedly. I don't know if Alabama's better than Michigan State, but Purdue is is the only team that I would say right now is obviously better than Alabama. Probably. It's not even obvious. That's about it. This is a huge, huge win for Ohio State. It's going to mean a lot for this program. So feel good and rejoice. We got to get into some observations from this game. But before we get into that, of course, I got to talk to you about college basketball analytics. College basketball analytics, cbbanalytics.com, has already tweeted out the stats for this game. They were there. 
they well they weren't there maybe they were there I don't know but they had the status of the game ready to go and it was just a box score I cannot tell you the tip of the iceberg the amount of depth the the metrics that they have at college basketball analytics it is a place that you need to be so as college basketball season is ramping up as you want to be more well informed if you felt embarrassed about your take on Ohio State basketball or college basketball in general at Thanksgiving when you know Uncle Bebop over there and 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 Aunt Aunt Lampshade or whatever they may be, may be known as uh, when they had better takes than you in college basketball, and you're like, what am I doing? Or they just had horrible takes and you couldn't refute them. You know they're wrong, but you couldn't refute it. You didn't know why. College basketball analytics is going to be your place. Okay? So go there. Sign up for an account. You can get an entire month free. Imagine that. Think about how far away Christmas Eve is. That's a month from now. You can get the entire month free. Use the code SHOT. That's S-C-H-O-T-T. SHOT. To get an, an entire month free, courtesy of myself. It helps out the show. It helps out you. And again, many there, there's not many things in life that can help out you, can help out the show. It doesn't hurt anyone. So head there today. So observations for this one. I've got a few. I, I, I want to say they're unique, okay? Before we go into observations, we're going to go keys to the game. This is going to be the start of my observations. I had three keys to the game. I didn't have the chance to tweet them out because I personally was traveling back from Thanksgiving festivities on Friday. So, sorry. By the way, okay. All right. So, you want to do this? You you want to do this, do you, Mr. or Miss Listener? We're a good, what, 22 minutes into the show and you want to do this, huh? You want to bring up traveling back from Thanksgiving. Well, let me tell you something, okay? The left lane, when you are traveling on I-70 or I-71 or 75 or whatever you are using for your travels, holiday-related or not, it doesn't matter. The left lane, do you know what that's used for? It's not used for traveling, okay? It's used for passing. And the fact that as I'm driving back, I'm taking my ride from the Cleveland area through Columbus down to city redacted area the fact that i pass more people in the right lane during my travels to and from many are saying to and fro but to and from these areas i'm passing more people in the right lane than i am the middle or the left because we just want to be in first place don't we yeah we we want to put our shades on we want to put our stupid music on we want to not pay attention what's going on around us We don't know if there's five people tailing us. Doesn't matter. I'm just going to go 74 in the left lane. And you know what? If you're doing that, I I can't say I have no respect for you, but I have less than little respect for you. So please, be a part of the change. In this season of giving, in this season of thankfulness, do not travel in the left lane. Don't do it. It doesn't help anyone unless you're, I don't care if there's someone for some reason in the middle lane going 67 and the speed limit 70 and you're going to go up to 72 in the left lane to overtake that car and then immediately go into the middle lane. That is fine. That is perfectly acceptable. I won't be mad at you. But if I'm sitting there for five miles and I can't pass you because you're in the left lane and the middle lane and the right lane is all clogged up too and this is all because of you, I'm going to be pissed. So figure it out. Be a part of the change. Don't travel in the left lane. The left lane is for passing. Q. 
keys to the game. Okay, number one for Ohio State. As I watched Alabama and their offense play in these first couple of games of the year, one thing that they loved to do was get the ball into the paint. They loved playing their five-out motion, their four-out, one-in motion, pick and roll, play iso ball, let Mark Sears and Aaron Estrada go to work. And that's what has done really, really well for them so far this season. Now, as a byproduct of that, or maybe just a product of that, you would see mm, a guy on the block on the weak side. You, you'd see the defense converge on Mark Sears, and then he just gives a nice little pocket pass from the hip right into another young man's hip, and he can go for the layup. Nick Pringle, for example, could hit it. And I said, Ohio State cannot allow that to happen. Well, in this one, we saw 30 points in the paint for Alabama. That's only four more than Ohio State, and that isn't really relevant. The amount of points that Ohio State scored in the paint has nothing to do with Alabama and their ability to score in the paint and and get these dump-off passes to convert. But all in all, we saw a little bit of this in the first half, and in the second half, there was basically nothing. And Alabama kind of abandoned this game in the second half, in my opinion. But Ohio State did a really, really solid job here of forcing Alabama to get tough shots up. Mark Sears was really limited for a lot of this game, and we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But I think overall, Ohio State did a good job protecting the paint, protecting the dump-offs. I'm going to give him a pass on that one. Now, let's talk Mark Sears, okay? Point number two, key to the game, number two for Ohio State, was to make someone other than Mark Sears beat you. I don't care if it's Aaron Estrada. I don't care if it's Nick Pringle. I don't care who it is. It can even... It could be your coach. It could be Nate Oates for whatever reason. Or whoever else. It doesn't matter to me. It could be Grant Nelson. Okay? A lot of talent on that team. Just don't let it be Mark Sears. Because he can do it on the floor. If you can contain him, you can contain Alabama's offense and you have a chance. The result of this one. Mark Sears held in check for most of the game. He got a couple buckets late. That's fine. He finishes with 17. Goes 50% from the field. Four rebounds. Four assists. That's a good stat line. But it's not great. It's nothing special. He didn't lead the team in scoring. He didn't lead the team in rebounds. He didn't lead the team in assists. So for that, we thank you and we give you a pass. Good job, Ohio State. Two for two so far. Last thing I had on this one. Limit fast break points. Now the issue here is that fast break points on every single stat provider that I have is yet to be uh, published is the word. Wait, wait, no, I've just refreshed, and they've got them in. Alabama has averaged 19 points per game on fast breaks this season. How many did they score tonight? And this, if you're looking for a stat that 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 allows nail to meet coffin in this one, here it is. Alabama scores 17 points off turnovers. That a lot of times will come in the fast break, but their actual fast break points, nine. Alabama essentially had their fast break points production cut in half in this one, being one of the most elite teams in transition all season. Buckeyes held them to nine fast break points. Three out of three, pass. 
Great job, Ohio State, on the keys to the game in this one. It's almost as if I, I at least have some semblance of an idea of what to talk about when it comes to the keys to the game. Ohio State does all three of these. They're specific. They're creative. They're unique. Ohio State does all three, and Ohio State wins. Boom. You're welcome. You're welcome for the for another profitable night of banger bets, too. I should start charging for those. Maybe I will. I won't. Uh, other observations from this one, Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, haven't even spoken about them yet, which is completely my bad, but I'm going to give them all the attention now. They have put Ohio State on the map with this win, and this win was not possible without that duo in the backcourt. So Bruce Thornton, he scores a career-high 29 points, 4 of 6 from 3, 4 assists, 13 of 14 from the field. And he's averaging 18 points per game. Now is Bruce Thornton. Nearly scores 30. Big time game for Thornton. But on top of that, you got Roddy Gale pouring in 23. And this is a huge difference from last year to this year. And if this continues... mm. So I've spoken about it on past episodes too. The Buckeyes traditionally have had... One guy who can go get a bucket. Last year it was Bryce Senzabaugh. It was Kata Bates-Diop. It was Dwayne Washington Jr. It was EJ Liddell. Whatever team it was, it was essentially, hey, one guy is going to get a bucket. And if that guy can't get a bucket, we're screwed, essentially. Not this year. So here's what I'll say. We can't say yet with certainty that it's not going to be the case this year. But Roddy Gale, he scores 23 He's now scored, I believe, 13 points or more in every single game other than one this year. If you can get 14, 15 points per game out of Roddy Gale, and if you can get not even 18, give me 16, 17 points per game out of Bruce Thornton, that is a lethal backcourt for Ohio State that can win the Buckeyes game down the stretch. And now you're not looking at just Bruce Thornton to get you a bucket. You're not looking at just one player. So with 12 seconds left in the second half and the Buckeyes are down by one, all the defense is looking at Bruce Thornton. Not anymore. Now you got to look at Roddy Gale. And if you're looking at both those guys, well, Jamison Battle is going to wave at you in the corner and he's going to go to Splash Town with a three. So good luck defending that. If Roddy Gale continues his play, if Bruce Thornton continues his play, it's going to be a lot of fun for Ohio State this year. Another observation, and not a good one, but it is an observation. Um, is small forward an issue for Ohio State? Are we are we ready to live in a world where we're having a conversation about if small forward is an issue for Ohio State? Scotty Middleton in this one only played nine minutes. He goes two or two from the field, but he did have three turnovers. Evan Mahaffey, I'm sorry. I think my sentiment toward Evan Mahaffey has it's been measured, it's been not necessarily neutral, but it's been real. At this point, at this point Evan Mahaffey is neutering Ohio State's offense when he has the ball. We saw it tonight. Alabama was in everyone's grill tonight. They were all over Zed Key. They were all over Bruce Thornton. They were all over Roddy Gale. Luckily, the Buckeyes did a good job of off-ball movement tonight. Finally, some nice cutting action too. Jamison Battle, really timely, smart cuts that sometimes didn't lead to points for him or even lead to him getting the ball. But the simple cuts, the ability to have some kind of an action, it helps take the pressure off the offense. 
Hopefully that continues because we haven't seen that last year. That was a huge issue for Ohio State's offense. But when Evan Mahaffey has the ball in his hands at the three-point line, every defender is stepping way back. And if it's Zed Key or Felix Akpara, I get it. You don't expect your center to be able to put up threes consistently, although Zed Key is shooting 100% from the three this year. But I tell you what, he's had no impact offensively. He will not take a three. His slashing ability in transition, it's got potential to be really, really good. But he's had way too many ugly plays with the ball in his hands this year. And defensively, this is where I was excited about Evan Mahaffey. He's had three fouls or more in four or five games, and he had four fouls against Alabama. Scotty Middleton plays nine minutes, has three turnovers. Evan Mahaffey can't score. And his defense, mm, not good either. I'm waiting to see what's going to happen there at the three. I'm wondering if that's going to be an issue. Now, Ohio State, obviously, they're going to have a big game. As of right now, Oregon and Santa Clara are playing. I don't know who Ohio State is going to play. You have the advantage, most likely, of knowing who they're going to play before I do. So that's great. But after this one, they'll have a couple of mid-majors to get tuned up before they go and play UCLA. Ohio State's got to find a solution at the three. Someone who can put it together. At right at this point, it doesn't seem like Chris Holtman trusts Middleton or Mahaffey, so we're going to keep an eye on it. Another observation, Taysom Chapman plays. Next observation, Taysom Chapman sits. Um, he recorded zero minutes in this one, technically, and there are some sources that I use for, for minutes played, and right after the game, you'll see everything else be live and the stats will be correct, except for minutes played, it'll be zero for everyone. Um... It will always remain zero for Taysom Chapman in this one. He records a foul before recording a single second of action. That's impressive. Dead ball foul. Okay, I see it, Taysom. Getting the jitters out. And then he subbed out before recording a single minute. As far as unless unless these are wrong, and, and I completely missed something. And let me just go back just to make sure that I'm not wrong here. And that'd be embarrassing because I just had an entire segment. Yeah, he, he's got zero minutes. Zero minutes in this one. One personal foul. Am I concerned? No. Should you be concerned overreacting? No. Jason Chapman probably is going to be the best player of this freshman class when his time is all said and done at Ohio State. Whatever. It's just good to see that he's healthy. So welcome to Ohio State, Jason Chapman. Another point guard we'll talk about, Dale Bonner. 26 minutes tonight for Dale Bonner. No. The number has changed. He had 27 minutes. This is what happens when you do a show right after a game. You get your thoughts down, you get some notes out, you look at some stats, and sometimes they change. 27 minutes now for Dale Bonner. He had 9 points on 3 of 8 shooting, 3 of 4 from deep. A little too aggressive for my liking offensively. Kind of like, I don't know, the the sweet sweet potatoes I had for Thanksgiving. Uh, Really punchy with the sweet potato. Would like to draw it back a little bit. You get the marshmallows on top. Kind of cuts through with some sweetness there. Mmm. That's kind of like Dale Bonner tonight. Just a little too aggressive offensively. I'd love to see him distribute a little bit more. He had one assist. There are some times where you see him drive into the lane, and he's got a kickout guy wide open, whether it be Jamison Battle or Bruce Thornton. He says, "Mm, I'm going to take it. So, I don't know. Maybe it was a point of emphasis for Chris Holtman and for Ohio State tonight. Maybe not. He did come away with a steal as well. Nine points he'll take in 26 minutes. It's not like he was an eyesore out there, and every time he's out on the floor, you're like, oh, shoot, what's he going to do next? It was nothing close to that. He was just, again, 
little too shot hungry tonight, but in 26 minutes, he scores nine points. And the biggest takeaway is just the fact that he played 26 minutes in this one. Another observation. I've got two more here before we close it out. Ohio State has proved they can limit a potent offense. Alabama, at the end of the year, will still have elite offensive metrics like they do right now. That is not in question. Defensively, they're very good. Those stats are in question. But guess what? You allowed 81 points to a team that has averaged over 100 per game this year. Allowing 81 points is never recommended, but against Bama, you take it. Alabama made 46% of their field goals. They only they only had 10 assists in this one. They had 7 offensive rebounds, and they had 12 turnovers. Put together those numbers, and it's far from a complete offensive performance. You're going to take that. And from a Chris Holtman coach team that is typically much better offensively than it is defensively, when you can go shut down Alabama, mm, let's pump the brakes there. Did they shut them down? No. They contained Alabama's offense. They limited them. That is huge. That is encouraging. And that Chris Holtman hater or Chris Holtman skeptic, which I could probably even be lumped in that category. That's fine. That is a big step in the right direction for Ohio State under Chris Holtman. Last point, Felix Akpara. Grown man stat line. This is this is Felix Akpara. This, this is your, your, your brother-in-law who's 38 years old has put down two turkey legs and it's it's halftime of the the Lions Packers game and, and your your uh, your family has decided to go throw on a little three on three basketball game in the driveway and he can't score he's uncoordinated as heck but because he stands at six three and two fifty he can pull down some rebounds on eight year old Trisha two points in this one ten rebounds four fouls one block just roar you know that's Felix Akpara. In this one, just fee fi fo fum. I'm not gonna score. I'm gonna go mm, one of three from the field. That's fine. I'm gonna pull down a bunch of rebounds. I'm gonna have a block. I'm gonna be a force down in the paint. Take that. That is who I am, Felix Akpara. Appreciate it, Felix. All right, up next. So, I'm sorry. I've got no preview episode for whoever Ohio State plays next. First of all, I'd love to. I don't have the time. I've got another Thanksgiving to go to tomorrow, Saturday afternoon. Luckily, not during the game. But, nonetheless, I've got that going on. I've got some cooking to do before. Let me cook. Homemade mac and cheese, man. We got some special cheeses. We're ready. We're locked and loaded for tomorrow. So, I say all that to say I've got some cooking to do, not on this podcast, but in real life. So that in mind, I'm not going to be able to do a preview episode. You're going to have to go into Ohio State's game against either Santa Clara or Oregon a little less prepared. And I apologize for that, but I promise I'll make it up to you. And hopefully I have already. But we're excited for Ohio State. The fact that they have got another win. They now sit at 4-1. and one. They get a huge win over Alabama. Really, really fun win for Ohio State. This game, I mean, this is why you watch Ohio State basketball for games like this. To be excited about their offense, to be excited about them winning another huge game. This type of game gets them on the map. And I tell you what, whoever it is, Oregon or Santa Clara, both of those games are more than winnable. UCLA, more than winnable. West Virginia, more than winnable. I'm not going to say they're going to win all those games, but this win right here could set the foundation and spring this team forward heading into Big Ten play. 
So we'll see what happens. I appreciate you listening to this one today. Again, I hope you've had a fantastic Thanksgiving and Black Friday, and I hope that you enjoy a huge, huge, huge game for Ohio State football tomorrow. I don't talk about Ohio State football. This is an Ohio State basketball podcast only, but let's not discount the fact that it's a huge game. And maybe, just maybe, Ohio State beating Alabama, maybe that football team sees it and they say, wow, that's impressive. Let's go get another win this weekend for a huge sports weekend for Ohio State. Granted, I know Ohio State football doesn't think like that, but one can dream. Okay, we're past 40 minutes. I got to shut up before you shut me off. Thanks for listening today. Go Bucks.